Hey everybody, it's Matt here. And before we get to the episode today, I just want to invite you to slay this giant of sexual sin with us. I want to invite you to consider doing an event with us. We have so many different kinds of events that we could do. There's events for men, there's events for men and women, events for parents, for youth, for young adults. There's Sunday morning preaching. Um, some of the events that we do are for our one-time things and some are weekend-long conferences. And so if this is on your heart and you'd like to address sexuality and porn in your church or in your circle, in your ministry or whatever that might look like, uh, I would invite you to go to restoredministries.ca slash events. You can see what's possible there with some things that we've done in the past. And we're also very flexible with working with different event organizers and, and churches in what it can look like for their particular setting. And so if you have it on your heart to carry the message forward of, of freedom and wholeness and health over sexual brokenness, I would love to chat about what that might look like. Go to restoredministries.ca slash events. And at the bottom of the page, you'll see my email and feel free to email me. We can hop on a Zoom call together and look at what doing an event together might look like for you. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Brad Hafner. Hello and welcome back to Peer Victory Podcast. Welcome. Glad you're here with us. This is Brad and Matt across from me. And we're just glad that you're listening and taking part in these podcasts with us. Uh, if you've been listening for a while, thank you. Um, if you're new, welcome. And uh, just spread the word. We would love for this to get out to more people. So, you know, if you can just share this with a friend or give us a good rating on one of the uh, the platforms or apps or whatever else, uh, that really helps get the word out there. And we so appreciate those that have left reviews and um, have spread this to referral to others. Uh, it's, it amazes us uh, who this gets to and how God uses this. So thank you for the work that you guys are doing to do that. And then not only that, utilizing it yourself. So thank you so much. And uh, today we're going to be continuing on with um, our Mythbuster series uh, on porn. And so this is our three-parter of this, and we're going to be talking today about some specific myths regarding our own individual lives in porn. So I'll give you an example. Porn doesn't really harm me, it's neutral. Or porn's a tool, it helps spice up my life. Or it's just natural, it's what guys do, right? Or what girls do, or whatever you want to use as far as a myth. Uh, those myths uh, regarding our own use, um, our access to porn. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to break some of those myths because it's important that we understand this on our individual level. And we talked about last week about how this affects so much more than just us, our relationships. But today we're doing a deep dive into how this affects us. Because it affects us and we need to be real. It affects us more than we realize. And we just, uh, one thing that I've, I've learned about myself and about lots of people that I've just been able to, to walk with intimately in their lives, which is, which is an honor, um, is I've realized that, that we all want to be, like a lot of us at least, want to be strong. We want to think that we're strong enough. That We want to think that, oh, that didn't affect me as much as, as it really did. And so to really look at the effect of porn on you, you have to be humble to the point where it's like, okay, this actually did affect me. Like this has changed my brain. This has changed the way that I deal with emotions. Just this has changed um, it, even my sexual performance at times. And, and, uh, and, and I think that once you realize that sometimes there's ways to heal, sometimes there's not, sometimes things are irreparable, which is, which is sad, but, but there are there are a lot of things that we can kind of heal and realize that man this isn't the, a way that I have to live like say for example with insecurities that come from pornography 
we don't necessarily always recognize that. And so we might just think this is just who I am or this is how I view myself. But when you realize the effect that porn has had on you, then you can start to heal and move on from that thing. And so it's, I think, a really helpful thing to to realize, like, how has porn affected you more so than just, hey, I know porn is bad and I should quit. Because you can quit, but there's still a lot of healing that has to happen. And so how has that affected you? One thing for me that I had to realize was that it it taught me how to be deceitful. It taught me how to lie. And and I never got caught. So I would I would say, like, oh, I'm a good liar. Like, what a gross thing to say. It's just like, <laughs> it's like oh, man, it's embarrassing. I remember realizing, like, why would I say that as if it's, like, a good thing? Like, yeah. crazy. But it's like when you're watching porn, things seem so normal. And you're so distorted and twisted. That's why it says in Scripture there's safety in having a multitude of counselors. It doesn't just say it's wise to. It says it's sa- there's safety in it, in having a multitude of counselors because you're you're safe. You know that you're on the right track when people can maybe call you out or they hear things in you that you're saying and they can question you on things. And so if you don't have that, start maybe praying for that. Pray for God to give you mentors. Pray for people who can come around you and and just kind of sharpen you and be willing to talk. Um, be willing to be called out. I, there was somebody recently, he texted me, he said, hey, I, I want to talk to you about this because I need to be called out on it. And I was like, wow, that's, that's cool that you're coming to me. I like it. But also more than that, it was like, I'm glad that you're wanting to be called out on this thing that you see is wrong in your life. There's so much in our lives that we think is normal from pornography that it's actually not normal, but we don't even realize it. And so that's why we want to bring this up just because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, once you can really, once you can really name things, then you can move on from them. That's right. And one of the ways that porn does harm us, uh, Matt, you touched on it was, um, isolation. And that's one thing that porn does. It really isolates us. And you may not understand to the level and extent that it's happening in your life because it's a gradual thing. But when you're looking at porn, um, that's something that creates a lot of shame for us. And when we're feeling that shame, we, f- we take on a label and we start to believe that about ourselves. And then that just, that's one of those things that stunts us in our relationships. Um, we move away from community. We don't want to be exposed. We talk about light. We don't like the light. We want darkness because the enemy, when there's a sin in our life, will always try to move us to isolation and more darkness. So that's really the pull of porn. Uh, and how it harms us in one way is that it moves us into further isolation. So that's a big thing. Um, but when it comes to what porn does to us, sometimes like you, Matt, you're talking about this, um, we think we're strong. We got the strong will. We can withstand the effects of certain things on us. Sometimes as guys, we really believe that, right? I'm strong. I'm a big man. You know, I'm not going to be affected by this. And, you know, these things are happening in our wiring. Like you can't stop what it's doing to you. <laughs> you can really try hard, but I don't think you'll be successful really. And uh, so there, we know this um, through studies on a physical level of what porn does to us. And when you view porn, it is something that is called, uh, and the researchers have called this, scientists have called this a supernormal stimulus. So what that means is it, it causes a reaction of, uh, to, in us that is far greater than in something natural. And for instance, uh, you know, give an example, you eat a strawberry, that's a natural product. Your brain responds in a healthy way. Um, it can handle that and it's tasty, it's good. But if you were to eat um, a chocolate bar, which is refined sugar, highly modified, created to 
um, ramp up some of those uh, levels in us to create wanting more of that, um, to become addicted to, say, those sweets, our brain lights up in a far greater way than that strawberry causes our brain to light up. And, and researchers have shown that. So that's, that's a greater stimuli than what the strawberry, something natural, gives us. Porn is like that. Um, but I think I'm even doing it a disservice. I don't, I think it's even greater than that. It, it causes, uh, our, our receptors in our brain though, those, um, neural receptors where our pleasure centers are to light up in such powerful ways. And so what happens when you see porn? Well, dopamine is released. That's that feel good drug. It's that chemical in your brain that tells you this feels good. I want this. I want it. So you look at porn, dopamine is released. It feels really, really good. Your brain's like overwhelmed by what it's taking in and it remembers that. So what happens is your brain has memory of these choices that you make to watch porn. And then something called Delta Foss B is released after that dopamine. And that's a memory thing. It's like, this is something that feels good. Remember this, go back to this. And then you repeat behavior, you wash, rinse, repeat, you do it over and over again. And then something in your brain called a neural pathway, we all have these for behavior, right? Like if you ever um, do anything like drive, for instance, you do it so often that it's just muscle memory. You don't even really think about what you're doing anymore. Well, this is what happens. Neural pathways, strong, deep ruts in your brain are formed to the point where you don't even think about it anymore. And if you are, uh, if we're talking about a highly uh, high stimulus like porn, um, you can imagine that, that Delta Foss B, which reminds you of going to that, um, all of a sudden, this becomes second nature. And anytime that you feel bad or have something uncomfortable happen to you, or even if you're bored, or maybe you do have some sense of elation in something in life, your brain is going to want to go to something that's greater than whatever you're feeling to make you feel better or even um, uh, to move away from feeling uh, bad in your life. So you're going to go to these things over and over and over again. And when you couple that with like some of that emotional issues that we can be having, the underpinning of all of this, um, it becomes deeply entrenched behavior in our life. This is where it's highly addictive. And it's really hard to break out of this if we don't understand this is happening for sure. Well, that's what happens, right? It does tie to emotional issues because when, when we're feeling stressed or rejected or alone or without purpose or anything, there's there, we feel down and, and in our brain, it's like screaming for this super stimuli. Uh, Dr. Ted Fenske on our podcast a couple of years ago, episode, I don't know, it's around 45 or 50. And, um, and he's like, man, when you're doing this, nothing brings you joy, like pornography and really, really sad. And so when you're feeling these negative emotions, instead of actually processing the negative emotions, you just go to this thing that will give you the super stimuli. One of our group leaders, I think it was today I was reading, he's, he's writing to people. He's like, and then your problems afterwards don't go away. They're still there, (laughs) but, but you're so full of shame then uh, from what you've done, or you just want to numb out, which is common too. Some people like, Oh, I don't even feel guilty. Well, that's even more scary than not feeling guilty or shame because then you're just at this point where it's so normal and you're just numb to everything and you don't feel emotions and, and people become 40, 50, 60, 70 years old never process emotions. Everything is just suppressed. And then there's an effect on us in lots of different ways, physically, relationally, lots of different ways in that. And so there's a real impact to it. I, for you listening, look at yourself. Do you, do you process emotions healthily? Do you even know? Like if someone, if I were to say to you, do you know how to process your emotions? What would you say? Because mm. that's, that's a really key thing. We have emotions in life. Our emotions are up and down every day. 
we could try to be the most sturdy people emotionally. It's like, that's not actually how we're made to be. We feel different things. We have to, we have to feel. And people will say like, am I allowed to feel sadness? Am I allowed to feel anger? Am I allowed? It's like, yeah, of course you have to, you have to feel it because things happen in life and you got to feel it, but then you got to process it. And that's the biggest thing. It's like what Brand Hansen was saying a few weeks ago on an, on on our podcast and his episodes. Like we're we're human. We're gonna feel the anger, but then what do you do with it? You don't want to stay there. You gotta be able to let things go. When you just escape, when you feel angry or someone's offended you or violated you, and you just escape and give into this this brain pattern in your life, it's man, it's damaging because you never actually deal and forgive and and redeem the thing that hurt you. And so it does a it does a number on us. Um, I remember I, I I have a slide that I show parents when I'm doing um, our our workshop on parenting in the sexualized workshop. And by the way, if you're connected to a church, or your pastor, I recommend it. We can mm-hmm. do we can do this for parents and and have a youth night and a parents night, whether it's with Brad and I or anybody else. Like it's putting them together, right, with the parents and the youth, mm-hmm. not together necessarily, but having two separate events close together. And so I was showing this slide and it shows the signs to watch out for if your kid is looking at porn and there's things like lying or laughing more at sexual jokes or being, um, you know, like extra resistant to sexual talk. Cause that's what I did. People would talk about porn or sex. I'd be like, Oh, that's so gross. Even though I, it's like, I liked it, but I wanted to give the facade that, that I didn't. Um, so there was those things, the school grades are falling um, people get, or kids and adults get more violent or more aggressive. And, mm-hmm. and so I sent this to this mom who was asking and, and her kid, I think was 12, maybe 11 or 12. And, um, and she was like, Oh my gosh, Matt, every single one here I've seen in my kid, everyone. And so we can't think like, Oh, that's a 12 year old, but that's not me. Cause I'm 30. Mm-hmm. Like, no, it's you too. You become more aggressive. You become more, maybe even not physically at the start. But in your mind, you become shorter with people. You don't have the same patience. And the reason is not because of the people. The reason is because in your own heart, there's turmoil going on inside of you. And that's what it talks about in the book of James in scripture. It's like, why do you quarrel with people? Don't you know it's because of what's inside of you? And that's what happens. We like to blame other people. But really, we become more short or more aggressive with other people. Maybe even it's just with our words because of what's going on inside of us, we're not content. We're not at peace because we haven't dealt with our emotions layer on top of that, the shame or the guilt that we feel from porn or the numbness that we feel. And there's just so many layers to this thing when we don't deal with it. Mm -hmm. And so there are, there are real effects. And another one that, that is really relevant in our generation more than ever is erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Man, it's it's bad. We had Sean Bonito on the podcast um, uh, talking about his story. I think he was 19. Yeah, he was a young guy. Yeah, he was 19, yeah. We're just yeah. typical, eh? Yeah. All these 19-year-olds with ED. It is. like we're, There was a study that came out in 2016. It was an Italian study, actually, but they did that age group, um, older adolescents, uh, so um, teens. And uh, they were discovering that 45%, 45%, just let that sink in, 45% of adolescents that they studied admitted to having ED, erectile dysfunction. These are young men. That should not be happening. I mean, ED is something that can occur um, in older men because, I mean, we don't have the same level of blood flow and um, different things physiologically can happen that are just naturally occurring. But these are young men. This is not normal. This should not be happening. And they 
pressed further and they discovered that uh, their primary reason for this, the main reason was porn use. Um, because you look at porn and the super normal stimulus, right? You uh, eventually you get to the point where your body's not responding anymore to real life, to real life stimulus. Um, so even a real life woman for them wouldn't cause any arousal um, if they were to experience, uh, you know, that they, they just wouldn't have that response. And that is so alarming um, it is affecting us physiologically to the extent that 19 year olds are having ED. And this isn't something that's a one off. This is happening regularly. Uh, there's higher reports of this um, among uh, young men. And um, and the scary I, thing with it is it's different than other ED because yeah. like you're saying, it's that that is in the body when we get older, the blood flow or even with fitness or whatever, but yeah. this porn induced ED is it's a brain thing. And so Viagra and Cialis or whatever, it doesn't yeah. work. No. It, it's really, it's a scary thing. And there, obviously we can be restored and we need to take time away and have our, our, uh, our brain get rewired and stuff. Things can work again, but it's a really alarming thing. <laughs> it really is. Um, and even what you're talking about, like the suppression of, um, our emotion, the suppression of uh, really what's going on is what porn does. It is a, a surface level behavior that's masking deeper issues. And what happens when you push things down? What happens when you stuff emotion? We know that has effects on us spiritually, mentally, emotionally, uh, and physically as well. There's uh, We know this through studies that there's a lot of heart issues linked to emotional, um, unresolved emotion. Um, unresolved conflict in our life can lead to physical problems higher levels of stress, uh, higher levels of heart disease, different things that can occur because we are not dealing with the things that we need to deal with. We're not inviting God into that. If anything, we're pushing it further and further down and we become a landmine. We will blow up if pushed at some point. And, and that's really where what porn can do for us because it, in a bad way, like it, it masks over these things and this is becomes our coping mechanism. It becomes our drug of choice and drugs really are just a surface level uh, behavior to stop us from feeling something, stop us from dealing with something. And it may not have started out that way for us. It may not have. Maybe we just got into introduced to porn uh, at a young age and in our formative years, we, we engaged with it, but it becomes that. It becomes a thing that we go to to feel comfort thing we go to to feel like we have some sort of uh, acceptance or we think those those girls on the screen are accepting us or we're invited into an intimate moment and somehow we get the need of for acceptance met in that which are lies and uh, over time our ability to connect with people it diminishes too right matt like we don't have the ability to connect meaningful meaningfully with anybody yeah i mean i was talking to a kid yesterday he's awesome and and uh, I was just asking him about his relationship with his parents. And he's like, well, it, it's it's all right with one. Uh, well, it's been really good with one. And then the other one, it's like it's getting better. And, and we're able to talk about more things. And I said, well, what was the reason you weren't able to talk about things with the one parent? And, and he said, well, it's because I didn't want them to know. My, this parent is very discerning and could see things in me, I'm sure. And I, I felt like if I talked about anything, that this would come out. And so... It's sad because he went years in his formative years um, developing a home and, and he lacked that connection he could have had with his, with his parent, with his especially one parent, because he was worried about being found out. How true is that for, for people in marriage? Uh, we've had many people say like, oh, my marriage is better than ever. We're talking about things that we've never known um, that we should talk about or I'm learning about myself more than ever. That's true for me. I'm learning, I've learned about myself more 
in the years, not just like right when I quit porn, but even like lately, just because it's, it's a journey of healing. It's a journey of understanding why you do the things that you do and your emotions and all of that. And, uh, and God just does a really cool work when he sees a heart that's open, not just one that's running to escape and wanting to numb out all the time. And so there's a lot of, a lot of different benefits, um, to being free. And there's a quote, some of you have probably heard from, heard this quote from this interview that James Dobson did with, uh, with Ted Bundy, the serial killer the night before he died. Um, or I guess it was the afternoon. He was on death row, right? Yeah. 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 He was on death row. He's getting executed the next day. And, and he was interviewed and, and James Dobson just asked him various questions. But what he said was just the impact of porn in his life. He's like, man, he was, he was hooked on it. And I, and I've heard him different times. He's like, I didn't plan to be hooked. He saw it when he was like 11, started with a magazine, just got worse and worse. And, and he said that he had spent a lot of time in jail and he said, without exception, every single person that was in prison that he had met who was there for murder, every single one was deeply involved in porn, deeply involved. And without exception, without question, he said he like emphasized it. Strong words. And it really, it really does a number. He's like, I'm not blaming porn, but it, 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 cause he's like, I take responsibility, but it definitely played a role in it. Right. And it fueled it. He, that's what the word that he used. It fueled, it fueled fantasies. And it's so damaging when you understand that this stuff changes the way that you view people, changes your interactions with people. And also, like he said, it fuels your fantasies. There's so much marital dissatisfaction in sex because of the fantasies that are fueled by porn. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a guy recently and I just said to him, if you could do anything like sexually, what would it be? And he's like, oh man, I got, I got a dirty imagination, Matt. And I wanted him to say, and so I'm like, well, what, what is it? And he's like, uh, and he kept like resisting. And, um, and finally he said it and. And yeah, it's like not, not, not godly. It's not just with his wife. It's not, wouldn't be good. Right. And, um, and then I, and then we were talking about his sex life in his marriage and he's like, it's pretty, pretty vanilla, like pretty, pretty plain. And I just thought that how common is that really? Like there's a part of it where, yeah, we want to have fun. We want to maybe do things and there's desires, but how many of those desires that we have are fueled by pornography are fueled by the things that we've seen or the things that we hear from other people who maybe aren't godly and we hear that they do and they're celebrating certain things and our fantasies are fueled and it creates dissatisfaction with our spouse, with ourselves, our own performance, with our sex life. And, uh, and so for you listening, how much of your dissatisfaction, if you feel that towards sex, how much of that is fueled by porn? How much of that do you blame on your spouse? But actually it's because you've let your mind be perverted. It's a real thing. Yeah. You got to be real with it. Yep. I remember when I was uh, in, in high school, up in here in Canada, we have something called COM class. Uh, what's it stand for? Career something, C-A-L-M. C-A-L-M. I know. Anyways, uh, uh, it was supposed to be kind of a life skills uh, class, but they would talk a lot about sex or different things like that. And um, that was supposed to be some sort of educator, right, uh, for us. Unfortunately, generations... Um, I mean, specifically, if we're talking about Gen Z and and um, millennials, uh, which Matt and I are, uh, our our sex education often has come from pornography, 
Um, and a generation has been raised on this as our informer on what the sex looks like. And how damaging is that? It's, it's something that is a lie. Uh, it's, it's completely produced. It's not true. That's not how relationships, human relationships work. Um, and it's completely selfish. Sex is completely selfish. It's about serving my needs and interests above uh, and using another for my needs. And they're simply a vessel for my needs being met. They're, they have no value or worth, and they're often showed as such in these porn scenes. Um, there's a lot of violent porn out there. There's a lot of porn that just has degrading components to it and are dehumanizing. Uh, porn is dehumanizing. So if we view porn and that's our educator, and so many of you out there, I know, like you were introduced at a young age and it breaks my heart, breaks mad heart, heart, heart that this happened to you and it happened to us too that we were introduced to porn at a way too young of an age. We awakened something in us and we saw things we shouldn't have seen. And it caused us to get more curious. And then we ingested more of that porn over time. And we have some ideas that are just wrong about sex. And we bring that into marriage. We bring that into marriage thinking that our wives, or if you're a woman, our husbands are going to be like this. And we compare, we compare them to what we've seen on the screen. And we get dissatisfied because if they can't match up to what we've seen on the screen, all of a sudden, well, we're like, this isn't what I thought it was supposed to be. And then we miss out on God's design. God's design for sex is a beautiful thing. And it's designed to be selfless. It's designed to be intimate. The communication that is involved is far greater than what we're seeing on the screen. And there's a loving kindness to it. And it is fun. It is enjoyable, but done in that context and that framework of what God has given us. So we have to unlearn some of these things of what we've seen. And uh, it's so unfortunate that we have been educated that way um, as far as what, what we think relationships look like. Our reality has been distorted and we start to view the opposite sex a certain way. If you're a guy, you start to view girls uh, simply uh, there's a transactional component to it, right? You give me what I need and that's, there's nothing more I need from you. Right? You're a body. You're a warm body for me to use. And we start viewing women that way. I mean, we both grew up in hockey dressing rooms. That's what women were talked about. Right? They're a warm body to be used, right? And, and discardable. And, and that's really what happens. I mean, it dehumanizes our view of others. And using the Ted Bundy quote, that's what happens. I mean, not saying that if you're looking at porn, you're going to go be a serial killer. But what I mean by that is that there is a violent component to it, a dehumanizing component to porn that causes us to view people a certain way. And it's so damaging. We don't see people. We actually, uh, they're just basically, they're like a ball of lint to us. They don't mean anything, right? But God has given us incredible worth because we're made in his image. And if we can't see people that way, our relationships will reflect that. Even in marriage, our relationships will reflect that. So it's important that we uh, really kill that myth that porn isn't harming me in this way and our, our understanding of reality. We need to see clearly God's design for sex and marriage and God's design overall in this regard and to see that porn is not part of that design. Mm -hmm. Brad, and you and I got a lot in common, but I've never asked you this. Do you like watching magic tricks, like sleight of hand, card tricks and stuff like that? Oh yeah, who doesn't? YouTube, sure. Yeah, yeah, YouTube. Yeah, oh, yeah. I yeah. like it. There's yeah. that fool us on on YouTube. Okay, yeah. I've been watching some of those lately. It's Penn and Teller's fool. Yeah, us. Penn and Teller, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, it through that, like, just on my YouTube feed, um, there's been a a couple mentalism people that have come mm -hmm. up. So mentalism is fascinating. I know more about magic tricks than I do about mentalism. I don't. I don't know. 
always how it works but basically they they plant thoughts in your mind right and wow. then and yeah. and so they're like hey think of a word and then they've like you so i'll just share what happened last night i was watching one last night and so the guy's like hey think of a word and he's talking to somebody on the video like a guest that he had at his show and so he later on he had them reveal a word but when he said to them think of a word i thought of a word so i thought of the word star so then later on he's like hey think of the or what what was the word that you were thinking of to the guest and they flip over the card and they wrote the word star and then beforehand he had written the word star because he knew that people were going to think that and i'm like what on earth like yeah. how did this happen it's crazy stuff it's pretty cool so the point is that i'm watching him and i know what's happening i think but i don't know all the messages he's obviously putting messages in my mind that I'm not even aware of. I could go back, I could try to dissect it, I probably still wouldn't figure it out. There's this guy recently, he said to me, we have a really good sex life, my wife and I, and so in order to not let things get stale, I go to porn just to learn things, to spice things up, or to keep things good, and new and adventurous and stuff. And so even if you think that porn is good and you can learn new things, what are the mentalism things? What are the subconscious things, the subliminal messages that are being put into your mind that you're not even aware of? You got to know and be humble enough to realize that you, you're not good enough to withstand that. No. You're not good enough to withstand it. You're really not. You could justify all you want. Like, oh, there's, I saw a study that masturbation is healthy, and so I just go to porn to, to, to do that. Like the subliminal messages that you're picking up, let alone the, the direct messages, they're so damaging. Masturbation, by the way, is not healthy too. <laughs> there's been there's been different studies on that too, from an emotional standpoint to physical, but but it's it's not necessary. And so people we can justify all we want. And even if there's even if there's some good, what are the what's the damage to do it? What's the damage? And I'm and I'm not saying there is some good to porn. I, I literally can't think of any. Yeah. But, but even if there is some, even if you can justify in some way, what are the subliminal messages that you're picking up that are gonna, they're gonna fuel your fantasy life in the in a wrong way, that are gonna fuel you to numb out, that are gonna fuel your dissatisfaction in life. It's really real, and so be aware of the damage of porn in your life. Economically speaking, it impacts you. Yeah. If you don't, if you if if you're like me and you have you have this pride like I used to have pride like oh I never put money towards porn, what are the economic opportunities that you're missing out on because of it? What are you putting putting your money towards because you just kind of are lazy in life and don't think that you can amount to anything and so you're maybe binging on junk food or going to the casino or whatever because you just think that you're not really worth anything. When you know that you're worth something you're going to spend your money differently. You're going to do things that maybe take risks and start a business or take risks in investing, investing that could pay off or whatever. You would do things that, that will propel you forward. Economically, there's an impact. And a lot of people listening I know have put money towards it. And imagine that money that you would have if, if you didn't. I'm sure you've imagined that already. But make that let that stop today. Yeah. Like it's, it, it's not necessary to go on that path just because you have in the future. You can stop that today and economically there's such an impact from a variety of angles. Yeah. Well, and I've heard this, um, speaking what you're talking about, um, psychologists tell us this, uh, our self-worth and self-esteem, there often is a direct correlation to the most important person in our life, what they think of us. Mm. And so if that's not God, if that's say 
even if you think of porn as an entity uh, in this case, um, it can't give you that acceptance. And then often, let's just turn it. Often it's ourselves that are, are not accepting of our of, of, of ourselves. Like we can have a lot of self-hatred and porn drives dissatisfaction. You don't feel accepted, you feel rejected. And so you have to keep going back to it. It's a really weird dynamic that's occurring, but it is. You, you go to this thing and um, it makes you feel a certain way, but your self-worth, your value, the way you view yourself is so greatly affected and that alters your decisions in life and the pathway that you choose. So we need to replace porn off of that seat and put God there where he rightly deserves to be of the one who's accepting us and loving us. Um, and that takes a work in our life, but it takes us being willing to be open to what God has for us to follow the path that he has for us. We have to surrender, put our flesh to death. We have to die to these things. And I know this is a, a strong theological concept, but our flesh so desires, this is our sin nature, desires these things. How do we put that to death? And this isn't a legalistic thing, but we need to think through this. And because, you know, like when we engage in pornography, it is a sin against our own body. Um, it affects our body so greatly. Uh, there's that verse in 1 Corinthians 6.18. It says, run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. It's very clear, right, in Scripture. It affects our bodies, changes us in a, in a really bad way. And so we need to be aware of that, um, that we are hurting ourselves so deeply. And so we need to put God in the right place um, and receiving acceptance from Him and in fully receiving that instead of maybe the self-hatred we have for ourselves or looking the porn to receive whatever acceptance we think we're getting from that because we're not. And often we can't receive acceptance too if we're going to porn to cope with life. It's really hard to hear a kind word from somebody. It's really hard to receive a loving uh, affirmation from anything um, because we just don't feel we can receive that. We feel dirty. Maybe you feel perverted. Um, maybe you feel less than. Or maybe as Matt was talking about, you don't feel anything anymore. <laughs> and that can be just as dangerous because we're so numbed out. We don't feel anymore. And so that's what porn can do to us. It puts us on this pathway. It progressively gets worse. It doesn't get better. You can't just take a little bit of bite, small bite appetizer of porn and, and not want in a second bite an even greater bite. You're going to keep going back to that thing in a far greater way because what porn does to us is... You have to increase the stimuli. You have to increase the amount that we're taking in to get the same level of, of feeling that we got that first time. And, and so we're, we're wired for that way um, in the sense that we are designed to actually become addicted to our spouse sexually, but the enemy and our flesh and sin nature, all these things um, cause uh, an inverse of this, which is uh, we have to increase the behavior in something that doesn't satisfy. And, and that's uh, the law of diminishing returns, right? You take a bite of a chocolate bar, um, at the first time you take that bite, it, it tastes great. The second bite doesn't taste as good. So you got to keep eating more to try to get that same feeling that you had in the first bite. And that's what porn does. So uh, this isn't something that you can just have a little bit of. And um, hey, I'm just dabbling. You say to him, Matt, Brad, and I'm just dabbling in this, not hurting me. Like that one guy, hey, I'm just using a little bit to spice my marriage up. I'm just dabbling. You can't dabble in porn for very long. <laughs> You just can't. You're going to get pulled in, sucked in, and, um, and to the point where you might be watching for hours at a time. And then that's, you know, my story for sure. And they're done that <laughs> yeah. many, many, many times. Yeah. That's for sure. Guys, uh, listening out there, reflect on this. Think about this. Let, pray to God and ask him, how has porn affected me in ways that, that I'm not 
sure of what lies have I believed about the the maybe porn helping or porn not hurting me that much. Uh, it's really important because this is not remember this is not just about freedom. I there was a guy in one on one coaching I think I think this week, and he was talking about sobriety. He's like I've been so focused on sobriety. He different groups he's been involved with, and there's different you know different people have different focuses, and there's so much focus on sobriety out there. It's not about sobriety. It's not about being free. It's about being healthy. Mm-hmm. Not about being free from a behavior. It's about being healthy in heart and truly free in Christ in terms of walking that out where things don't hold you back. You could be free of the behavior, but things in your heart can hold you back because you've you've picked up these beliefs. And so be willing and be humble enough to the point where you can you can look and go, I, I actually really was affected by what I did. And man, that's a great starting point to walk in free. So if you want help, of course, reach out to us. Go in the show notes. Um, you can always leave a, a voice memo or send a question in to, to either of our emails, and we'll we'll get to that on the podcast. If you want some help, um, further help more than that, there's weekend getaways, there's uh, support options, and you can find all that in the show notes too. And we just encourage you to take advantage because there's more for your life. So have a great week and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.